get that garbage out of here. What it do, baby? Yeah, yo, what do you know? There's a new NBA champion, and it's a team from Toronto, Canada. OG with a look. Got it! OG and Anobi at the buzzer! Oh, like, because my shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of Looks like you lost another one. Hello and welcome to episode three of the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I'm your host, Drew Horton, and let's get into it. Today I'm going to be discussing some notes from the two preseason games that the Raptors have recently played against the Charlotte Hornets. Game one was a 111 to 100 victory, and game two was a 112 to 109 victory. So the Raptors came away with two wins without Larry, which is always a plus. And it was against the full Charlotte lineup, despite them being one of the weaker teams in the East. There were a couple common themes in both games, uh, slow starts, but making up for it with great bench play in order to come back in the game. I want to highlight three players from the bench. Matt Thomas, Terrence Davis, and Malachi Flynn all looked very good on the court. Matt Thomas in Game 1 had 16 points, 5 assists, 2 steals on 4 of 7 from 3-point range. And he looked good on defense. He was making his rotations. He was playing his zone well. He didn't look like he was getting beat too bad off the dribble at any time. And if he wants minutes, that's what he's going to have to do. His shooting is top-notch. He just needs to be able to not be a negative on the defensive side of the floor. That being said, in Game 2, he was a negative on the defensive side of the floor. He looked a bit lost with the rotations and the defensive scheme, which is strange because Game 1, he looked good, but he lost it in Game 2. And so Nick Nurse has even said that he's lost a bit of confidence in Matt Thomas being a night-to-night guy, so he'll have to work on that if he wants to crack the usual rotation. Now, Terrence Davis looks much better on the court than he does off of it with his assault allegations pending in the U.S. legal system. I hope that the investigation either shows that, uh, that he's innocent and they can move on, or if he is in fact guilty, that he is punished appropriately. And that being said, I won't comment on that anymore. I'll let the legal proceedings and the NBA investigation play out. Uh, On the court, though, I can comment. Uh, He was 9 for 19 in both games combined for 27 points on 40% from three-point range, and that is very, very good. Uh, He was hitting some contested threes as well, so if he can do that, then he'll have a place in the rotation for sure. My star for both games, if we were to combine them into, into one, would be Malachi Flynn. This kid looks amazing. He had, a, he had a good game one, solid debut, but he had a great game two. Game two, he had 17 points on 7 of 12 from the field, and that's only in his second NBA game ever. So far, he doesn't seem phased by the speed, the athleticism, the feel of the NBA. He looks like he's been playing a couple of years already. His ball handling, his defense, his shooting, and his playmaking all seem to be at a serviceable NBA level already, even more than serviceable, I'd argue even good. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet have both praised Malachi in interviews, saying that he's going to be good. He's got the right amount of skill to go along with curiosity and asking questions, and as Fred Van Vliet put it, he's got the perfect mix of confidence and humility, and that's a dangerous combo. Pascal Siakam was slow to start in Game 1, as were most of the starters, uh, but he had a great Game 2 where he shot 5 of 7. The three-point shot looks good for him. Uh, There were a couple of air balls, uh, which never good, especially when the Charlotte uh, 
PA was blasting the airball chant in a very obviously empty stadium. It's a, as a side note, I just have to say, it's funny because that is the loudest I have ever heard a Hornets game sound. And it was coming from the PA and not the fans. So I guess that makes sense. Fred Van Vliet had an amazing game too. He had 23 points in 22 minutes on 75% shooting. They could not stop him. He was getting to the paint, was taking a couple of mid-range shots, and of course, as per usual, he was lighting it up from beyond the arc. And this game showed that Fred still has upside, especially if he can start finishing at the rim like he did last game. I have to say I'm positively surprised. DeAndre Bembry looks really good. He had some playmaking, showed some, some good defense, hit a couple shots, which was nice. He looked good as the primary ball handler with the starters. He had extra space to space to work and to create, and he could beat his guy one-on-one -on -one and finish at the rim if nobody came, but he knew where to make the pass if help came. It was, all in all, a solid Raptors debut for Bembry. OG Ananobi, Norman Powell, and Aaron Baines, they all looked fine. Not overly impressive, but they didn't look too bad. It's just sort of obvious that they need some more reps before the regular season starts, so I'm not, not too worried about them. Their touch will come. Uh, something that I am worried about, though, the Hornets. Word for them, that is. They do not look very good. Uh, it doesn't look like they've got a great supporting cast. They do have a bit of depth, but their top-end talent isn't fantastic. Gordon Hayward, he looks good in the two games. He was slashing, hitting the mid-range jumpers, hit a couple three-pointers, getting to the rim. All the things that Gordon Hayward's very good at, as long as he isn't hurt. But beyond Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham, he doesn't have a lot of help. LaMelo Ball looked pretty good in his NBA debut, uh, but his scoring just isn't there at an NBA level yet. Uh, shooting and his finishing don't look polished. But credit where credit is due, he played some good defense, he was nice on the glass, and that man can pass. He had some flashy full-court passes, behind-the-back pass, and... He was finding the open guys. His court vision is as good as it gets for a rookie. And you can tell that he's played some pro ball already. It never really felt like the Raptors were going to lose either game against the Hornets. When the Raptors go against weaker opponents, it's only a matter of time before they take care of business. But they do need to start taking care of business sooner rather than later. In Game 1, the Raptors gave up a 20-point run to go down 23-6 in the first quarter. However, they did end the half up 58-51. They were brought back by the bench. And that can be noted as a trend over the last 4 or 5 years for the Raptors, just because they've got so much depth. In Game 2, similar story, they were down 13 in the second quarter, but ended the half only down 3, in part thanks to a Ridiculous buzzer-beating double-clutch three-point shot from Fred Van Vliet. If you haven't seen that highlight, go look it up. It's fantastic. And though he started off Game 1 slow, Pascal Siakam was efficient in Game 2. He had a good night. He only played 20-something minutes. And he did have 12 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. So not a, not a terrible night. And he shot 5 of 7 from the field. He wasn't forcing it. And when the double came his way, like it did on many positions, he was making the right pass, and that lets the offense play at a man advantage, and the Raptors were able to make the most of it. I have to say, I am loving the second unit's skill, energy, and cohesion. They look like they've played together a lot longer than some of them have, especially Malachi Flynn. The kid looks like he's been in the league a few years. I thought it would take longer, but I think he's going to be part of the rotation from day one. 
he's going to find consistent minutes if he plays like the way he did in the first two games. Now Lowry is out for those two games, just for load management reasons, but the starters will have to show up from minute one. They won't beat the better teams in the league with the effort they gave in these first two games. Now, Lowry will help with that. His playmaking generates easier shots for everybody else on the court, and his defense will spur the offense as well. On December 18th, the Raptors host the Heat for their final of three preseason games, and this will be a better test for the Raptors. Lowry will be back, so we'll have our full starting lineup. So will they, barring any decisions for rest or injury. If everybody from both teams is there, it should show the Raptors where the bar needs to be set in order to make a playoff run this year. I, for one, am looking forward to see how we match up. Uh, the Heat are very similar to the Raptors. They're talented, deep, and they play a great team style of basketball. Their rotation primarily looks like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Kendrick Nunn, and Kelly Olynyk. Which is a dangerous rotation, because any of those guys on any given night can go off and give you 20. Even those 6th and 7th guys, because they've done it before. But I think the Raptors can match them, and any game this year that those teams are going to play against each other, it's going to be one to watch. After this Eastern Conference clash, I will be doing a recap of that game, so look out for that when it drops this weekend. And as always, thank you for listening to the What It Do Toronto Raptors podcast. I'm your host, Drew Horton, signing off. Peace!